to Messy Truths. This is episode 27. Yay! 27. That's my favorite number. 27. And this is Mar, one of you three dope-ass (laughs) co-hosts. We're feeling ourselves today. We are totally feeling ourselves. Middle child, Kanika Hage, and so ready to get down with this episode. Misha J. And this is Azar, and I'm back in New York City after a grueling road trip with three children. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> well, we'll welcome, save that welcome. story for our how-to. Let's, let's. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. So Oz and Mar have been pushing me in the spotlight more and more to lead these crazy shows. And our this week's episode is a how-to, a DIY of life. How to, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Like, we talked about traveling places, what not to do. Clearly, the toilet sat well with some of you because I saw the comments about the toilet. So, yes, I agree. Toilet, public bathrooms are important. So, how's everyone doing, ladies? We're good. I wonder why we don't press record before. You know, like, as soon as we get on this thing, because the amount of shit that we talk before we actually start recording the podcast, it should really be available to our listeners. For those of you who were not recording with us, we talked about my snack, which was, of course, Weetabix with dark chocolate chips with oat milk. It's a standard 3.30 snack. Standard. As soon as I come home and Oz and Mara laughing because I have a spoon that says Weetabix and it has my initials in there. And I will spaz on someone who uses my spoon. My husband has used it, and I've actually swore. And I said, what the fuck are you doing? Girl. Like, <laughs> that is my spoon. I actually I got the spoon because of him. And then Oz told us that she, too, loves Weetabix and has to start eating it again because she ate it in Dubai. And then Mar was looking for Weetabix. That's the stupid shit we talk about. <laughs> Before we come on, among among other things, it's not the among only thing. Other things. Well, if all if all if we had a snapshot of our What's Up group, one day I was in the middle of a busy, busy class, and I made the decision to look at my phone, and I see Cipher Queens, fifty-eight messages, and I'm like, what are these two talking about? Fifty-eight, fifty-eight <laughs> in the, in the WhatsApp group of the podcast. We record every week. I mean, I could understand if there's like 58 notifications on Instagram or I've got more than 58 notifications on my emails. Yeah, <laughs> like 58,000 is where I'm at. I don't even check. It's pretty bad. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And and then I'm all, you know how it is, folks, right? When you're like, when you're go, you miss the notifications, you got to scroll down and you got to catch up and all that. But Mara says, what are we going to do this week? And so there's me, the researcher, and we decided we are going to do a DIY how-to. And it's not a how to build a shelf or how to uh, assemble Ikea. This is a how to motherfucking life. So all of our scenarios, how to do life. And I'm going to start with one that I'm currently doing that these two are going to laugh at me. Let's go. I happen to have a staff meeting at the same time when we're podcasting. So my first how-to is how to be present in two meetings simultaneously virtually. So step one, you have one headphone connected to the podcast, and then you have your ear pod connected to your phone while you're listening to your principal 
talk about what's happening in your school as I tell you the story about a how I to how I'm doing it, how I'm doing it. Clearly, so that's my first. That well. Clearly, but I am listening. <laughs> I am picking up that the kids aren't doing their motherfucking jobs, and the teachers have to remind them. And I am conscious of the fact that I'm talking to viewers, so I'm a pretty good multitasker. How to multitask in two meetings? I'm impressed. That's pretty good. Is, you sure the uh, you sure the speaker is is off? You're muted on your. Uh... Oh yeah, that's something you check right away. <laughs> right away. How to make sure you are a ghost in the meeting? How to make sure you're present but not present in quotation marks? This is why I love online life because I have literally been in three meetings at one point with Yo. all the cameras off, just doing go. my shit. I am such a massive massive multitasker. It's I love this. And I've been reading about people doing like two remote jobs at the same time. Honestly, if it wasn't for LinkedIn, I would, I would. LinkedIn is the only like, it, it's, it's like the one thing that tells on yourself because if it wasn't for LinkedIn, bitches, I would be having three you don't high give rolling income. You can't though. Some of these jobs really want that shit. That's the problem. Uh... But anyway, and you know, like, you know, like you've got to rep where you at sometimes. So, you know, it, it gets, it gets kind of tricky, but I promise you, if it wasn't for LinkedIn, my ass would be getting multiple checks, multiple, multiple checks. Cause I could do that shit too. Trust and believe you. I could do that shit too. Uh, but, but I actually have a how to for you guys, oh you know, I started drinking a lot of water lately and, um, when I was on my like half a gallon to one gallon a day water quest, I still have to drive multiple kids to school and pick up multiple kids. So this is a how to find a bathroom when you're driving long distances or even short distances with a full bladder. So I got a how to for you guys. Oh boy. So, you know, sometimes step one, you know, you know, you don't like public bathrooms, Nisha, but when you got to go, you got to go. So, like, the option is, like, you either pee your pants because at this age, that shit, I can't. I just can't do it anymore. And after three kids, let's be real, this ain't happening. By the way, in in COVID era, apparently this this affected everybody because we've been working for from home for the most part. Our bladders are not even used to retaining the amount of liquid that they used to and because we would go relieve ourselves regularly. Can I add a fun fact? We're only yes. supposed to be going to the bathroom about seven to nine times a day. And if we're going more, it's actually like, so, like we're doing it because we think we should, but our bladder actually doesn't need to be emptied that often. I think I told everyone I do kegels and I had to do a pee diary. Oh, wow. <laughs> For the person that doesn't like to journal. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. No. Hey, hey, hey. We don't you use that J word with no, me. No, no. So, so let's go back. Oz is now driving. All right. So now I'm with driving. With three kids right? with a full yeah. bladder. Full bladder. Full bladder. So, first stop is at a, a corner store, deli, right? So, first, find a place that looks semi clean. You'd be surprised, yo. Some of these delis are super duper clean. You know, they're, they're run by like pretty, um, strict Muslim Yemenese people for the most part in the New York City region. They use the area to wash up and get ready for prayer. So it's pretty spotless. So, you know, try to use a deli if you can. If you cannot, however, use a deli. 
The next thing to do is to go to your closest park area, preferably uh, wooded. Put your car on park. Leave your children in the car. Put your flashers on. <laughs> Tell them to be quiet and lock the doors. Make a run for it because you definitely will not make it if you don't run for it. And please don't try to wait until you get at home because once you pick a child out of a car seat and put pressure on your bladder, then it is all over for you folks, especially oh. on Broadway where everybody is looking. Oh my God, Broadway. <laughs> Take your child's wipes with you. Make a quick entrance behind a tree. Try to not, you know, be visible in any direction. But, you know, if you have to, be visible only to the to the least populated direction. Squat down and do your do, man. Wipe and keep it moving. Because let me tell you, it happens. Life happens. And there's my first how-to for the day, ladies. You know what? I'm not mad at you because bathroom, like, it's important to go to the bathroom. You got to go. You got to go, that, man. Exactly. That's what they tell us on Charming, right? When they do those commercials with toilet paper. Make the go pleasant or whatever. Yo, do what you got to do, right? That's what the squats are for. That's what the old school toilets are for, right? All right, Mar. You can't make it. You can't make it. You got to just do what you got to do. Do you, bro. All right, Well, my first how-to is how to break up with a toxic boyfriend. Oh, I love it. Let's hear it. So you got to really reach a point where you're like fed up and you've had enough. And it's at that stage in the relationship where you've endured a lot of like underhanded criticisms, mean stuff being said about you, your weight, your appearance, which didn't really seem to be an Who issue. Who said when all that this? The little bitch you. that you dated? Oh, nah. They, they didn't have a problem person. with this when they were with you. But um, what you want to do is you want to agree to braid his hair. Wow. Do cornrows. But what you do is you get so fed up, you stop mid-set. Half hair done, half hair not done. <laughs> and then you walk out <laughs> and you leave. And don't ever, ever get in touch with that person ever again. Block. It. Block yeah. on all media. Just bail. Jesus. Just bail. Go as far as you can. Get away as far as you can. And he might come back and he might you know, be upset that you've finally broken away and gotten rid of them and accuse you of being a lesbian as though that's supposed to be some sort of an insult or something. Right. Um, I mean, who doesn't for a woman? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so run far away and don't ever go back. Please don't ever go back. Don't ever go back. back. Wow. Okay. Well, fuck him. That's what I say. You know, well, you can find uh, somebody else to do his hair. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Finish the your other, job. The other half. Finish your job. So how to deal with Homeland Security. Love so, it. Mm, Homeland, like shout out to Homeland Security. You all scared the shit out of me. Y'all are doing your job with me. So I get to England. And I think I told this last episode how somebody had stolen my identity in England. And the thing about it is that y'all, you have to be smooth when you go up to Homeland Security, right? Because you can't be suspicious. And I was like, what do you mean I'm getting? And so I was like, okay, they're like, I scan my passport. They look at me. They look at the passport. They look at my ticket. They ask me the typical questions. 
you know, where's your return ticket? And though you have to understand, listeners, I'm super prepared. I always have my printout. I always have my passport, my money, the address I'm going to. I give you no reasons why not to let me into your country. You want me in your country. And then he says, can you please, madam, can you please go over there? And I was like, yo, that's the booth for the criminals. That's the booth for the criminals. So I'm like, oh my God, it's six o'clock in the morning. I landed in London, he put him in the booth for the criminals. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm going home. And the worst thing somebody could do to me is not let me travel, right? Like this is like my major fear in life. And uh, he's like, so are you sure you are who you say? You are? I said, what are you talking about? There's only a few of us. Like, my last name is unique. There's only a few of us. He's like, oh, okay. You've been a victim of identity fraud. And I and I burst into tears. That's how you deal with Homeland Security. I burst into tears. <laughs> That's perfect. I was in my Crying. 20s. I was like, Good what? Move. And he's like, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Because, you know, I'm Canadian. We're nice. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. So he writes down the information for Homeland Security. He's like, please reach out to them. Let them know that you're having this issue. Let you let them sort it out. And he lets me go. But then he turns back and he says, you know, you only got six months here. I was like, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. And I kept looking behind me. But dealing with Homeland Security, how to, you burst into tears. Mm, you burst yeah, into tears. That'll do it. That's a good one. Okay, I have another one for you guys. How to appease your children when you accidentally kill their pet. Now, hear me out. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Now, hear me out. So, a while ago, I came home to a lizard in my tub. Yo, when I tell you this shit was weird, it was like an omen. I didn't even understand it. I live in Manhattan for crying out loud in New York City, and there's this tiny little lizard Gecko? in my tub no it was like a anioli or something i don't remember what it's called anyway so i see the lizard and i'm like yo this is weird this is wild guys why is there a lizard in our tub we don't live in a tropical country like what do we do and obviously if a, if an animal comes into my home it is now a part of my family as you guys know we know this very well so i'm like all right, fuck it. We're going to keep it and give it a name. So I get a butterfly net, put the lizard in there, and we call her Leah. Ironically, at the same time, my cousin, whose turtles died, gave me a tank, like a terrarium. And mm. this is weird, and this is why I know it's all a sign that Leah belongs in my family. I go to the office, and somebody has left lizard supplies in the in the lunchroom for anybody who needs them. I mean, who the fuck is going to need lizard supplies? You. I needed lizard supplies. Because the Lord saw your need and he's supplying. There you go. The lizard. The Y'all Lord are supply. tripping. So anyway, come home, bring the lizard, get the terrarium, get the shit going. Leah's living a very happy life. So Leah, what do you eat? I ask. And, you know, I find out Google and come to find out that Leah eats crickets. Oh, yes. Are there instructions? Do you do they tell you? What are you supposed to do? No. You buy crickets. You go to this pet store. You buy crickets. You dump them in the terrarium. One thing I did not know is that the prey can become the predator if what? they outnumber <gasps> the original predator. So basically, Leah's crickets ate Leah. 
It was a very wow, sad, sad case. No. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't know this could happen. I didn't know for crying out loud. Nobody told me. It's the not one of the first things that they say. The crickets ate the lizard. So hey, you know what? That's that. Man, I gotta give it to the crickets. That's what I'm saying. The crickets. But why are you not surprised though? Female crickets eat their men when they're done fucking them. How am I supposed to know? Who knows anything about that? Oh, I know that. Why do you know that? You nerd. Why do you you know that? All right. Okay. So anyway, so Leah gets eaten by crickets, and now I'm like, damn, son, what do I do? You know. So I turn the whole story around, and I tell my children that. Leah ran away. You know how Leah came to our home and blessed our home. Leah has now run away and blessed another home. But of course, here we have this empty terrarium. And so I, you know, suckered out and I went and I got a bearded dragon, who you guys now know as B, except she's much bigger than the original lizard. And therefore, I had upgraded the terrarium and have spent way too much money in she eats crickets, but she's way bigger than the crickets. And I now only put in a few at a time, having learned my lesson. But that is how you deal with um, accidentally killing your pet. You just replace it with another pet and give yourself <laughs> more responsibility <laughs> and expenses. Damn, that's savage. But well, hold on a minute. That poor lizard is gone. She's gone. Leah's gone. Listen. Poor Leah. That's just nature. I told you about the lion who ate the giraffe. That's life, man. That's like too bad. Eat or be eaten. Wow. I don't want to be eaten by crickets. I mean, at one point, all of us will be eaten by worms, but I mean, maybe not. Yeah, but it's a a fact that crickets eat their mates after they're done. So I was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Okay. Interesting. So, Mar. Uh, my next how-to is how to, uh, help out a pregnant teen. Oh, this one's going to be How to what? How to help out a pregnant teenager. Excuse Nisha. She's listening to the meeting in her other ear. So she she, she missed it the first time. (laughs) Hey, I'm successfully managing this. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So the teen I'm talking about is not a human teen. It is actually a cat. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. we, we had a, uh, there was one day during the pandemic last year where I was at home, uh, alone and I heard some meowing outside that was not our own cat who was indoors and alive at that time. Um, and so what you want to do is you want to open your door and that cat will probably come straight in and you can oh, tell that she is pregnant because she'll be all nice and cuddly and then she'll lie down because she's so tired from like carrying those babies all day that you just got to let her rest and you'll want to give in her a little house, bit of food. Astray. We actually couldn't keep her in our, in our place because our other cat with Lola was there at the time. Rest in peace, Lola. Um, Lola ain't having it. No, she, uh, she she's from Little Burgundy, just like me. So uh, <laughs> she don't get along. <laughs> she don't get along with other chicks, other cats, period. Men, women, doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> so so this uh, this pregnant cat, I'm very certain it was pregnant because she just kept lying down. We kept her out in the hallway where she we have like there's only uh, one other unit above us. 
So we just kept her out in the hallway. And um, when my partner came home, we decided, you know, the first thing we should probably do is call the SBCA. So you call your local animal organization, (laughs) animal, animal shelter to help you with these sorts of things. Um, they tell you, well, you should probably put some signs up. They don't want any more animals because guess what? They got enough in their own house. They got enough in their own facility. They don't want any more. And they were trying to encourage you or trying to encourage us to, um, to keep the cat. So I want to tell you that if you have another cat or any other animal, you probably shouldn't do that. Just keep the peace. Just keep the peace in your home. This reminds me of this. I'm sorry, I'll I'll, I'll get back to you, but this reminds me of the show that I watched with the guy who had the tigers in. in oh, did, Tiger King! Did you guys King? see that Tiger show? King? No, not Tiger King. It was a guy who like who lived in Harlem and and harbored like large exotic animals. And he, while he had a tiger in his house, he brought a stray cat in, and his brother was narrating, and he was saying like, you could just feel the tension. <laughs> Yeah, lots and lots of tension, I bet. That's what, that's what it reminded me of. Keep going, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lola would have really, like, really scratched her ass. It would have been terrible. Um, and so, so what you want to do next is you want to uh, just basically tell the animal shelter, no, we're not keeping her. We got to bring her to your location, which we did do. And I was pretty sure that that cat was pregnant. You can never really tell, right? But I could tell. I could pretty much. So you tell. were like a foster cat mom you for like a, a hot minute. For 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 like a, a few hours, yeah. Um, you want to bring the cat to the shelter, um, argue with the person that works there, letting them know, no, you are definitely not going to keep the cat because you can't, because you have a tyrant living in your house already, <laughs> another feline hmm. tyrant. Um, and she actually confirmed that that cat was definitely pregnant. Um, so my partner then went to put up signs in the park nearby because we're pretty sure that that cat came from somewhere nearby. She couldn't have walked that far in her pregnant state (laughs) with while he was actually hanging up the posters someone actually came up to him and had like taken down the other posters that had already been put up because it was his cat. And it was actually a neighbor that was just a few doors down. And you know what he said when uh, my husband said to him, yeah, she's pregnant. He was like, no, mais elle est est trop jeune. In other words, (laughs) she's too young. Really? (laughs) And we're just like, bro, <laughs> no, you better keep an eye on your daughter. Like, <laughs> you think you think the cat is too young. You clearly don't know cats. I'm sure she was a teen. I know for a fact that she was a teen. And she definitely was pregnant. The cat was reunited with its owner the very next uh, day, I believe. And um, she was settled in. Everything was great. Happy ending for this, for this uh, teen mom. But I but just want to say, did you find out if the cat was pregnant or not? Oh, the 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 person yeah. that worked there confirmed it. She confirmed that she's definitely pregnant. She's like, I can tell you without a doubt. I'm certain that she is pregnant. You're mm-hmm. never too young to get pregnant, guys. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Well, 
man, I'm still caught on the 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 killing the lizard and cat mama fostering. Oh my god. When I suggested this topic, I didn't even have that in mind. You Can you imagine having like other young kitties around? <laughs> what Lola if she what if she bust like that night? Can you imagine? They would have got their ass whooped by Lola. That would have been it. That would have been their entry into the world. <laughs> Lola was not nice. No, 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 that was cool. She mind her business. That's all that's important. Lola liked humans. She did not like cats. That's, I don't know if that's my kind of cat, but I'll deal with it. It was definitely your cat. Maybe. Uh, you know, animals and I have a, you know. Unusual relationship? I want squirrels and I have a good relationship. Oh, God, you and the squirrels. Oh, my God. I yeah. hate you, though. I have a good relationship with squirrels, too. Squirrels. So, I, actually, I should I probably tell that mofos. story. Like, how to befriend a squirrel. <laughs> there you go. Because, okay, so for me, uh, number one, you have to understand the nature of the squirrel. Okay? The squirrel is a very underestimated animal. A lot of people call them rats with tails, rodents. And in some parts of Texas, they shoot them and eat them. I don't condone oh. that. Yeah. Okay. Some some countries, some some parts around the U.S. and other countries, they do eat squirrel. They also eat rats, but they eat squirrel. And it is it is a rat with a fuzzy tail. They're gross. I get it. If we were in like an apocalypse, I'd probably have to eat the squirrel too. But first step, you've got to understand how clever a squirrel really is. So squirrels, their brain actually expands in the winter. It expands two and a half times. Oh, yeah. David Suzuki, shout out. Yes, all the way. <laughs> and full of random facts today. Go ahead. This Nisha. is what I watch. <laughs> and they actually bury their nuts and they remember. That's why their brain expands in the winter so they can remember where they built, they, they buried them. But Sorry. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they bury their nuts and their brains expand. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'd like to bury some that's, nuts. That's why their brains expand, because the nuts are out of the way. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Anyways, if a squirrel believes that another squirrel is checking them out while they're burying their nuts, the squirrel will pretend to hide it there and keep it in their cheek and then go somewhere else and bury it. Yes. Very like clever. in my plants, in my back balcony and hey, our front that's balcony. That's not my problem. They got to live. So that's step one. You have to understand how clever squirrels are the second thing you need to know about a squirrel is that they they learn very quickly they adapt quite quickly so there's this obstacle course that we can add on to this uh show this episode where this guy tried to trick the squirrels and he created an obstacle course and he did all these things and the squirrels figured it out and broke and and beat this so you have to understand they're smart they're clever and they also can fly. They actually spread their body out and fly. Yeah. So if you want to befriend a squirrel, you've got to find things they like. So in my case, I know they like walnuts. They like nuts, right? Things that they, and they're very smart. If you give them a walnut, they will throw it and crack, like crack to crack it open. So I used to leave these little walnuts around and they would come. But then people would say, how did you know it was the same squirrel? Well, that's the how-to part. Because you realize which squirrel is taking which nut. So I used to leave cashews and all those things. And this one particular squirrel would sit on my beach chair, I swear to God, waiting for me until I came with a particular walnut. 
And so then I was like, okay, we're cool. But then I wanted the squirrel to take it out of my hand. And that's when my mom was like, girl, if you get rabies, don't call me. I'm not dealing with this. And my husband was like, are you ridiculous? But anyways, so the other thing you need to understand about squirrels is that they talk and they talk in a particular way, right? So I started to learn to mimic their call. All right, Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't talk to them like that. So the squirrel and I, the squirrel swear to God, whisper. Yes, I'm with that name. Actually, it's a fun <laughs> fact. The kids actually know at school, at school that I like squirrels. So after a few weeks of this, the squirrel actually started to come and wait for me on the balcony with my tea. And the squirrel would have their nut and I would have my tea. And that's all how right. you befriend <laughs> a squirrel. And all they right, all know but... me in the neighborhood. This one's having tea and crumpets with our squirrel friends. Yeah. You brought up the animals. Done. Done. So British of you, Nisha. I don't care. I love them. As long as they don't eat my Weetabix, they don't put their hands in there, we're good. And they actually come and eat out of my hands. No, no, no. I'm taking my spoon. So I'm going to veer left a little bit. I'm going to move away from the animals. And I'm going to go ahead and approach this subject that I hope my children never listen to. How to sneak your boyfriend into your <laughs> mom and dad's home. <laughs> in and out. In and out. Not just in. They got to have it. They have to have an right. exit plan. <laughs> All right. So. Are you guys ready? I mean, this I'm was ready. a while I'm ago. I'm so ready. my head now. All right. So first and foremost. Make sure that the least aware family member is in the home, right? The one that has, like, no idea that you have this side to you, right? Like, the just the one who is the most naive in my case. God bless her. It's my oldest aunt. <laughs> she used to live with us for a time. And, you know, when she wasn't, when the family member is not in the front of the home where the doors and windows are accessible that is when you take the opportunity to look at this she's now she's taking another call I don't know what she's doing right now but anyway all right so <laughs> that's when you take the opportunity to sneak said boyfriend girlfriend or whoever into your home the front door is fine the front door will do as long as the family member is unaware and in a farther part of that house right once they're in your home you sneak them quickly into the bedroom and make sure you make a habit of keeping your bedroom door closed at all times. That way it's not suspicious when it's closed when said boyfriend is in the house. This is key, guys. Key. Key. Make sure you have a window that can open. And more importantly, make sure that you're not too high up from the ground floor, right? You don't want to be doing this when you're in like a sixth floor, seventh floor apartment or walk up. This will kill your boyfriend or girlfriend that you're trying to sneak into your apartment. Once you know you've had your fun with your boyfriend or your girlfriend and non-suspecting family member is still so lovingly preparing dinner for you or whatever it is, you then say peace to your boyfriend, girlfriend. And sometimes you might have to say peace to your girlfriend, boyfriend before that time because you might have like a just like an unexpected visitor, like a mom or dad coming home, mm -hmm. make sure the boyfriend, girlfriend ducks out of the window of that bedroom that you have access to 
ducks behind the building to make sure that there's no oncoming, you know, traffic, make sure that the area is clear, motion to said boyfriend, girlfriend, and then they can make their way back to their home. And that's it. That's a that's lot of how steps. you yeah, but you know it's it's it can be successful. It can also go terribly wrong. You can find your ass beat or dead or <laughs> you know <laughs> given or away. Up, like right. Murder wow. was the case. Murder was the case. Now I was showing you my phone to say that I how to successfully was in the podcast and the meeting, and it's done. Oh, ah, congratulations. 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 You're done. Good. We're proud of you. Good. Hopefully your students will never listen to this episode or your colleagues. Oh, they try. They've been trying to find it from time. <laughs> or, or my children. Or, or your children. Friends. Yes. Or their future boyfriends. And They'll never look at us the same, the three of us. Or my family no. members, as a matter of fact. Shit. My mother. Hmm. No, thank you. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Tell you how to plan a wedding and have the ambulance show up. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, what you want to do is how to do what? How to how to plan a wedding and have the ambulance show up. Yo, my life is not <laughs> exciting because y'all are like. So what you want to do is you want to spend all your time months ahead organizing the venue and trying to like pick out the best menu possible. In my case, I'm choosing um, half like, you know, regular North American style food. And then the other half is um, uh, West Indian food. Delicious. Mm. It was good. You want to spend a lot of time on the cake trying to make sure that it's perfectly right. You know, in my case, it was a very Vincentian theme. I had the Vincentian diamonds from the flag all over it, from the St. Vincent and the Grenadines flag all over it. And of course, the colors, which matched also the colors on my bouquet. What you want to do is spend hours on like the most dopest music playlist ever. Oh. It was. Oh, it was. A lot of hours, a lot of hours go into that. And you want to make it clear to the DJ who you pick specifically because you know he's got great credentials. You know that he's got a history of picking great songs. And you know that he's also DJed at that venue before, which is how you came to find out about said venue. Um, what you want to do is, um, you know, have the, the ceremony, um, the, the religious aspect of the ceremony in a church, have like all kinds of fun, lots of people showing up, um, you know, gospel choir, all kinds of great things. And then you move everybody to the furthest part away from that church, um, with water, a body of water, the lovely lake outside of the venue, Um, You want to have in-laws with their kids who would like nearly fall into the water and almost drown. But that's not the reason you call the ambulance. No. The reason you call the ambulance. I'm trying to remember this part. It's what you want to do is have 
some, you know, a good mix of like some R&B, some hip hop, some Calypso, Calypso and Soca. Those two (laughs) genres of music will definitely do it. And at that point, you want to have a family member who's so hot and like incredibly uh, hyped for your marriage (laughs) that they end up dislocating their knee on the dance floor. Oh, yes. Oh, shit. I remember this. After so many people have started drinking and, you know, and are having a great time, you know, everyone's having lots of laughs and all kinds of things are going on. It's mad fun, mad fun. And then, yeah, that's how you get the ambulance to come to your wedding Uh, reception. You know what? I just remember the music (laughs) and the wind that was blowing that day, trying to blow us off into the water. I remember the dope (sighs) ass pictures we took, and I forgot about that part. Yeah. Totally forgot about that part. And and let me just let me just tell you that um, that person who ended up dislocating their knee is totally fine now. It was was one of my nieces. She's totally fine. And the very next day I spoke with her and she was, she was good. Um, But she did, she was like, she felt so bad. She apologized for, she was like, I'm sorry, I ruined your wedding. And (laughs) and I was just like thinking, you didn't really ruin anything because the party went on after you left. I was going to say, once you let the music (laughs) back on. I remember, that's what I remember. That's the worst part. I'm like, oh shit! I'm a loser. I don't remember anything. Else. God I bless her. We were pretty drunk. I think. I, I think drunk. every everybody was drunk, probably except for my mother-in-law and my adoptive mom and, the, and those two particular nieces. You weren't. You weren't drunk. No, no not that nah, drunk. I was, I was drunk, going yeah. home to to uh, Kiana, I believe. So yeah, and and you want to <sighs> have really amazing food so that everyone will forget oh, yeah. and soak up all the alcohol that they've drank. You know, like uh, you know, midnight poutine. Oh, yeah, that's always good. I just remember my good. hair was so fluffy. It was like Afro curls. It was blowing. And that's one of our dopest moments. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I just also want to say that for anyone who's planning a wedding out there, you should expect that there will probably be someone who will fall ill or might have some heart palpitations. Oh, I was actually warned about the fact that there would be someone who would probably like, you know, lose it at the wedding. And yeah, because they, their uncle actually had heart trouble at their wedding. Oh my God. It was actually a really cool, cool uh, woman that I used to, uh, to work with on a volunteer basis. And she warned Mm -hmm. me, she was like, it happens like every wedding. And then I found out, yes, that is actually a thing. More weddings have people who end up get, being taken away in ambulance than those that don't because it's the alcohol. Calypso, you walk up your ways. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you got women out there looking their best and men out there looking their best and people walking yeah. up their ways. And, come on, and heels, asking. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still don't do heels. No. Yeah. So that's Actually, how you get the that, ambulance to come to That you was wedding. a great wedding, though. I mean, there's there's two stories I can tell. How to how to surprise your friends that you're getting married, (laughs) or how to determine if you're a hoe. Ooh, I like that one. Both of those, please. Yes. Okay. Start with a hoe, though. Hoe first, then a housewife. (laughs) 
How how? Anyhow, so um, I went to a bad first, breakup. Please. Post first, please. I went through a bad breakup. Uh, It wasn't a bad breakup. It was a neglectful breakup. Dated someone for a long time, whatever, whatever. Lost weight, whatever. Decided I was going to date. But I, I'm not afraid. I'm not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not ashamed to admit that I go to therapy. I need people to talk to. I don't journal. So I need someone to talk my shit through. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't tell people everything. I don't care what folks say. Listeners, I'm sorry. I'm very pro therapy. I want somebody I pay to shut their mouth and I don't want you telling nobody my business, period. I wanted to tell you my thoughts. So I had to increase therapy because after a 10 year relationship, it broke up and I thought that person was the one. And I started dating again, right? New Nisha, new body, na, 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 na. And um, I was like dating multiple people. <laughs> and it was funny because I had like a date for lunch, breakfast, dinner, except Weetabix times. I don't date when I'm eating Weetabix. And um, my therapist says, well, you know, like, do you want to be sexually intimate with them? And I was like, no, that's a hoe. And then she says to me, well, what do you define as a hoe? And I said, well, you know, a hoe. And she's like, no, I don't know what she's Russian. So she's very clear, very direct. And I have to say, not only is she Russian, she's a black Russian, born, raised in Russia, and she black. So she's like, listen, I, this is my homework for you. I want you to figure out what is your definition of a hoe. What so is said, a hoe? I was like, okay. So there's Nisha, who, by the way, during this time period, please God forgive me, went to church drunk after my birthday. This during this period, and I was dating about two guys regularly, regularly, and so in my head. You can't sleep with both of them. Like, that's a hoe. That was my definition of a hoe. (laughs) So she said, well, have you tried it? Because that's something totally. No, that's that's a threesome. That's what we got. You can do that too. You know, we get the master back on for that. You're single. But anyways, Uh so she says, okay, we'll try it out. And I'm like, what? So step one, you got to make sure both of the people don't know each other. And I'm telling you that in advance because I didn't realize they knew each other or they know of each other. They just didn't realize they were dating me in common, which is like one of my fit accompli, I have to say, because it was very entertaining. Step two, you have to make sure you know their schedules. So one doesn't try to like holler at you via text or surprise you romantically whatever. You got to make sure you know their schedule. So one's got to be out of town or working or with their moms. And then step three, you have to make sure that person knows that you're completely unavailable. So you got to pull out the big cards. Like I'm going to be with my mom or in my case, I'm going to be with my nanny. That's code for don't fucking call me, text me, (laughs) message me, nothing. Okay. When I'm with nanny, it's a done deal. Or you're eating Weetabix. No, but then they'll call me after. Step four. (laughs) You have to make sure that you put this person through the back entrance of your home because you're a respectful teacher. You don't want people to see who, what gentleman callers you have coming into your house, right? What if you're private tutoring them? Like, what's so wrong with that? One look like common. No, one look like common. Step six, you have to give this person a certain time period. 
So yeah, I'm free between here and then, but you know, my mom's gonna call at this time and then I'll have to go. So you give them a period of time. Step seven, you do the do, you figure it out. And then you're like, you oh, remember my mom is calling at five, so you got to go. And you make it very, like, you know, you know, you give them a cuddle, whatever. And then you tell them it's time to go. But you want to make sure step eight, that they don't feel like what you just did to them was an experiment or homework. So you've got to make sure you send like an after text. Oh, that was great. Thanks. It was so good to see you. I hope we get to do it again. <laughs> Kissy face. <laughs> Stop nine. You send a good night message. Oh, saying, the good that, night message. That was wonderful. Like you really made my day in your head. You're like, ha, 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 wait till tomorrow. But you have to tell them, oh, you made my day. Thanks. Da, da, da. Now, step 10, the second guy. So you got to make sure the first guy thinks that, you know, you tell him you're with your grandma. So you got to set it up. You got to say, oh, my grandma, my mom's calling because we're going out with my grandma tomorrow, which means don't fucking call me. Then you repeat step one to nine. You call them, make sure they go through the back door. You give them a certain period of time. Then step 13, you go back to your therapist and you tell her your findings from your whole experiment. <laughs> this is field research. This is great. <laughs> this is really a lot. Uh, but I mean, I have some questions. I Are love this field research. I need to, I wish I was part of that. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. You that would be Are, voyeurism. That could be weird. That would be, um, what happens if you have more than two? See, that was my limit. That was my limit, right? Because she said I had to determine what was a hoe. So to me, being intimate with two guys, two different days apart was like my line. That was okay. my line mm. for me. Um, but it did not stop me. Viewers are going to be like Nisha the hoe. But anyways, I don't care. Actually, you know what? Not Nisha the hoe. I was exploring myself and my yes. new body and my sexuality. So Thank you. Fuck y'all. And you yes. also but came out of a very long-term relationship. Term relationship where, by the way, not that this should make anybody feel sad for me, but in the last two years of relationship, I did not get to have sex. And that's very traumatizing. And one oh, of my hell goals, yeah. man. One of my goals is to have good sex my whole life. So there you go. We're in the meantime, you. I had determined that sleeping is what brought it up from dating to hoedom for me. So I could date multiple dudes. I could care less. Kissing meant I was, I was into you a bit, so I didn't give my kisses. But sex was much more intimate for me. So past two, I was like, ah, I, I realized then sex is about connection for me. Right? And so out of the two guys, actually, this is the funny part. Step 14, make sure they don't know each other. Remember that step? Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. They don't know each other, but they do business together. So I oh. went to an event. Oh, and no. I went to an event. I went to an event with bow number five or eight or whatever. And experiment one and two were there. And they're like, what's up, Nisha? I was like, what's going on? You know, I'm a very much like a dude. I have dude friends who teach me well. And mm -hmm. I was like, yo, what's going on, bro? And they're like, bro. I'm like, yeah, what's going on, bro? Da, 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 da. Uh, and, they, and then they send me those messages. Language like, is everything. Everything. Yeah. They send so me the telling. message like, you look good tonight, but like, bro. I said, what's up with that? You're my friend. We're friends first, right? 
That's what dudes the, tell women. The mind fuckery right there. <laughs> That's step 15. Fucking Jedi mind but they right don't now. even know each other. That's the best part of the story. They don't know each other. So mm. yeah. So your questions, Oz. No, I for me too was like, I realized then like sex is equated to intimacy with me. And mm. that was my that was my thing. So wait, like, so wait, what is hold'em? Hold'em is two in one day. So hold'em for me um was having two back to back. Back to back was hold'em. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, now gotcha. had I taken it in one day, maybe, but that would have taken some more steps in between because then you really got to lay down the rules. Oh, no. Nah. Yes, yes, definitely. But if I had a third and a fourth, so I just realized that two was too much because um, I'm a I'm a mind sex person. Like I got to right. be feeling you. So there was one that I was feeling more, although the sex wasn't the best. The emotional connection was better. And then there was the dude who was super cute, who looked like Common, who was a fucking empty mind person. Oh, my God. I was like, please fuck me and go. Because he was a dummy. Boring the shit. A massive cute dummy. Oh, didn't we talk about no more dummies? No more dummies. Oh, my God. Looks good. Don't open your mouth. please. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. But it was good. Yeah. Intellectual stimulation. That's like top of the list. It really is. People don't realize how significant that is. And that's oh, when you got to add a couple more steps, like how to get drunk, how to ignore, how to high, get high. Like you got to add steps. But for real, though, I was like, that was a great experiment. It really um, it made me understand my sexuality at tons more. And it drove the guys crazy to know that I couldn't be locked down. Cause I refused to get locked down. I just dated and dated and dated and parade and dated and dated. So they really wanted to tame you. Yeah. No, who's was interested in that. It took my husband to do that. And he snuck up like a predator. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I waited. will tell you this. I know that you felt this, that like, you got to remember your lies, yo. You have to remember yeah. lies are hard because you have to remember, you, you know, like with truths, like it's just, there it is. It's in your memory. But with lies, you have to remember the things that you said. You know, you, yeah. you can't just tap into what happened. You got to tap into what you said, which is which is a lot. But of it's work. good. I mean, I'm a teacher. So sometimes you tell white lies all the time. So I'm like, yeah, of course you did well ish ish. But, you know, like I, I would text message them and say, yeah, I got to meet my nanny. But, you know, I would always pray because I don't want nothing to happen to my nans after I'm calling her name in my little dirty shit. But that was my how to determine if you're a hoe. I like it. I like it. Um, am I next or is Mar next? Yeah, whatever. Yep, you're next. Okay, so I have a how to take three kids on a road trip and cross state and country lines. Are nah. you guys ready for this? School us. All right. First of all, prepare all of the snacks. All of the snacks have to be prepared. All devices have to be charged, and you bring extra charging banks and wires into the car. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. You try. You drive for as long as you can. I mean, you just keep driving. That tank's got to be full, and you just got to put your foot on the gas and go. You try to not stop until one of them is screaming and crying of pain of holding their pee or their poops. At which point, you make a pit stop. When you make a pit stop. You take all three kids out with you in formation. Everybody must hold hands. Everybody must be lockstep together. When you get into the pit stop, the service station, 
and your youngest special needs child goes to shit, you start recruiting the help of the older children to try to hold him down, try to grab each body part of his leg, arm, whatever. Try not to let him get run over by one of those floor cleaning machines that these ladies drive recklessly in these service stations. Try to avoid the glaring looks of judgment when you have zero control over your child who is tantruming. At the same time, ask your children to quickly decide what the fuck they want to eat so we can get the fuck on out of here with a quickness. If you do not decide what you're going to eat, I will decide for you or you will go hungry for the rest of this trip. Once the children have decided what to eat, all four of you go to the line while this youngest child is tantruming and try to ignore him as much as possible while shielding the looks and the judgment of all people surrounding you. Even you want to even if you want to scream out he's autistic, leave me the fuck alone. This is out of my control. You do not. You maintain your dignity and your equanimity in the process. You ignore the screaming tantruming child. You place your order. You get your food. You go pick up a drink because you there's nothing at these places that you actually want. When you go pick up your drink, when your child grabs a drink from your hand and throws it, catapults it at the chips, you try not to cry. <laughs> you try to maintain yourself. Oh. You apologize profusely. You pay for your drink, pay for the broken chips, and leave. When I say leave, you make leave. a run for it. You grab all three children and you get the fuck out of Dodge. You sprint to the car as fast as you can. When you get to the car, you realize your youngest child has dropped the phone that keeps him occupied the whole time on the ride. You then curse at your children, blaming them for not realizing that this phone was gone. You then lock your children in the car and you sprint again back to the facility in dire need and search of the missing phone. You find the phone. You thank the people around you for not stealing the phone or taking it with them. Run back to the car, curse at the children once again, hand the little one the phone, and then continue driving. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but you know what, eyes? I feel you. I feel you because when you were talking, first of all, I felt like I had to straighten my back up when you were talking. You're like, get out the car, get information. <laughs> I, I feel you, I, 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 I've not birthed children, but I've taken a hundred motherfucking high school students across oh, the I border. And when oh I tell you, goodness. they're like, they're like, is, is she nice? No, my job <laughs> is to get you back alive to your parents. You will not put your deaths on me. And then it will be teacher kill student on trip. Not interested. No. So I get you. I feel you on that. I feel you on that a hundred percent. Especially, you know, your little one. I got a story about how to find a missing child in Times Square when they get turned down for prom oh, on a prom shit. day. Okay. Oh, so I God. feel you, Ozzy, because this happened. A hundred of these little I love them. But a hundred of them in New York City, and one decides they're going to ask out another one to prom and runs away in motherfucking Times Square? Oh, no. hell no, girl. Hell no. no. Oh, no. my goodness. These are Kids. the things. <laughs> You're better than me because these a are hundred, my kids. A hundred of them. Uh, they tested mm-hmm. you. You're lucky you didn't leave that last one in Times Square. 
You think you think being turned down for a prom date is bad? Oh lord, child, wait till you get some real real life situations coming at you. That's going to be tough. That's going to be real Telling tough. You. I was going to come on with a how to get free tickets to Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas, but I already told that story before in our uh how oh, we yeah. how we got conned episode. Um so my next how to is uh, actually how to save a girlfriend in the club when they are (laughs) super duper drunk off their tits. Just super, right? Oh my goodness, super duper drunk. Really, really drunk. Um, This actually took place at a club in Toronto. I was with a- Always fucking um, Toronto, man. Good old Toronto. I got a few, I got a few club stories in Toronto, but um, this one in particular was interesting because it was my besties uh, bachelorette party. Um, So after having dinner, uh, you want to pick the club that's got like the dopest music. You want to get to a place that's got like maybe at that time, let's say, let's see, it was uh, some 90s R&B, hip hop, uh, maybe some modern day stuff that sounded pretty good too. Good DJ. Um, You want to have the kind of club that will give you enough space that you literally have to keep walking through a whole bunch of crowded people in order to get to your your tribe. (laughs) Yeah, that's always fun. Uh, you want to make sure you go to the bathroom numerous times before, because you're trying to get out your own alcohol that you have consumed (laughs) and you want to locate your friends and pick a spot where you can see them so that if you continue drinking, at least they'll know where you are. Um, and you want to, you know, just have maybe one of those, uh, tribal members with you. So not everyone gets lost and you're not completely off on your own. You want to keep an eye out for the girl who is really losing it, like really losing it alcohol wise, drunk off their tits, don't know what they're doing. Everybody's their friend, even though they really hate humans in real life when they're sober. What you want to do is you want to go over and, and you'll notice that they're you know, talking up a storm with different guys and so forth. But there's always one, one like leech that will hang on because he knows, he knows that you're drunk and he's going to take advantage. And so watch out for those. Yeah. And when you're extremely friendly and you are just not really cognizant of the fact that this person is just using you. Yeah. You, you just want to, be a little more alert. And so that's what the other friend who has stopped drinking is there for on the other side of the room. If you are that friend, like I was, you want to go over to the scene of the crime. You want to, um, you know, check on your friend, make sure she's okay. Make sure everything is all right. She'll probably tell you, oh yeah, I'm great. Everything's good. But then you want to check with the rest of the group to make sure that she's okay. And they'll usually give you the real details on how this person is doing, which is they're a mess. (laughs) They're a mess and they're in a lot of trouble and they're just not doing well. So you want to go back to where that friend is you want to check on them, just hang around. You certainly don't want to cramp their style. Obviously, they're having fun. And you don't want to be seen as like the begrudging uh, female friend who's just tagging along and, you know, 
uh, have other people label you as like some angry bitch or anything like that. So you <laughs> keep your distance a little bit, but you also keep an eye on your friend. And when you notice that leech is getting a little too close to your friend, you kind of want to go over when their lips are about to touch and you want to <laughs> be the person to do oh kind of God. like the arm pass in between yeah, like your friend, out. your friend and this and the leech. You want to make the sure blocker. you cock block as much yes. as possible. You know, you want to make stories. sure that their that their that their uh, their glass hasn't been like you know, no one slipped a Mickey or, oh, <laughs> or no. anything in there. No one slipped any any pills or anything in there. I mean, you can probably tell if that person is like late, can't even stand up properly. Um, but after you've put your arm through these two individuals, you want to turn to the guy and basically just tell him like, bro, it ain't happening Got tonight. to go. It's not happening. Your predator shit. And I'm sure they'll probably react like, what the fuck? Who are you? What are tell you doing? Your to get out of here. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, of course, of course. They're going to be very angry with you. But thankfully, if you have some height to you, the way that I do, because I'm five, seven and a half. Lucky you. They will probably either be the same height as you or taller. And um, of course, depending on the height of your friend. And that kind of helps a little bit. So they're they're going to be less likely to argue with you. Um, you need to stick around because that leech will probably come back again and again and again, waiting for you to leave. And mm. this is where you need to be the friend that is like, I can assure you, you will regret this the next morning if you go home with this person. Not that she was intending to go home. We would never let that happen. But, you know, you got to be that friend that stands in the way of disaster and regret next morning regret that's what you want to do morning after regret you want to you want to prevent that from happening so yeah you just continue mm -hmm. to keep hovering around continue to keep cock blocking and um when the guy is completely out of the way you've seen him leave he knows that he's not getting within an earshot of your friend again he you can carry him. on with your party and do what you need to do and that's Fuck how God. you save a friend. You're a real one, Mark. Fuck that guy. <sighs> oh man, that I don't was like that, night. yo. Like, I, <laughs> that's like some predator predator shit. Like, I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not in it. it that's an opportunist. It, yes. That is a disgusting, vile opportunist who goes for the target that he feels that he could win over and get over that night. Exactly. And then they call you jealous or angry because you you are not the one that they went after. But it's because you are in your right mind and there's no way in hell anybody in their right mind would go home with you, motherfucker. <laughs> that's right. You strobe light. Ew. Ew. Oh, dear. <sighs> Not all heroes wear capes, ladies. Mm. <laughs> you are my hero, Mark. Yeah, You're I'm with hero. it. Oh, my God. I'm still stuck on that. Well, okay, so we have time for one more. It's either how do you find the kid who's lost or how do you find the kid who's hiding from you? Well, what about or, the um, other how-to that you had oh, before the Oh, how to get home? married and not tell anybody? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because it directly involves you two. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So how do you get married without telling people? Okay, so step one, you don't go looking for it. <laughs> that's step one. So step one is you out there living your best single life. 
and you decide that you're going on a business trip and you go someplace foreign. Step two, you make friends in such foreign, in X foreign place, because I have this thing that if something's going to happen to me in this country, I want somebody to know. So the least they'll tell my mom. That's how I think about it. Step three, you meet up with said people, you fall in love. There you go. Let's skip all the romance part. Step four, you decide you're going to get engaged, but you're smart because if you get engaged and you're part of the Nova Scotian community, you have to be very mindful of how this is going to go down because, oh my God, this is a whole thing, right? Like in big family or big communities, you can't do that. So step five is you get the person you're marrying to bedazzled your family. So they like the family. Key. Super key. Step six is have dinner with said grandmother, matriarch of the family. Then step seven, you get approval to get married. And then set, step eight, you set your terms and conditions of the wedding. Step nine, you use all the necessary excuses you need to cut the wedding down to the bare minimum. Because in Scotian world, everybody knows motherfucking somebody. And that can lead to big, my big fat Scotian wedding. Not Small interested. world. Yeah. Especially like in our family connections, like who knows who. But thankfully, husband didn't have a lot of family. So I positioned it as, well, you know his friends aren't here and it's not fair to have all my friends. Oh, this worked quite well. Step 11, uh, you make a guest list that's so tight because the venue won't allow more people. Oh, it was good. Ah, love it. Yes. Then step 13, you go to New York for one friend's baby shower. That's Step 14, you surprise the other friend by going wedding dress shopping and your wedding dress being in the hotel with <laughs> said friend. It's like, what the fuck did I just walk into? Uh, then step 16, you hurt your meniscus so said friend in hotel can take care of you to take off of the fact that one is getting married and just drop that on the other friend. It was a very good distraction. <laughs> oh, that was a painful ass distraction. Step 18, you make, you meet fantastic New York artists in cabs. <laughs> like that was crazy. Step 20, you go to one's baby shower and one is so pregnant that they can't process the fact that you're getting married in 13 days. That didn't make sense to me. Right. Step 21, you take great pictures together with friends, children, and everybody forgets. <laughs> <laughs> Step 22, you go back and then you have dinner with said friend and partner with you and your fiance so we can get cipher approval. And then step five, to make them feel good, you get married on the same day as their wedding anniversary. <laughs> so there's no issues involved. And then when people, and then step 19, you tell people, well, you know, my husband and I are Muslim. And it's Ramadan, so we can't have that many people there. 
So you mm. use it's in Ramadan. You're not really supposed to be doing all that, anyways. I mean, I was surprised husband kiss said wife on Ramadan, but he knew the look, and my mother was looking, so he had to like go <laughs> figure that out real quick. Figure that out real quick. Um, but you know, I'm thankful because I do know that he broke his Ramadan that day for me. But I have to say, on a side note, my family were so religiously accommodating. I'm so proud of my Christian side of my family because my husband was fasting. We were getting married during oh, Ramadan. That's so wild. Imagine fasting on your wedding day. It's I know. And he offered to break it. And, and he could. For those of you who are Muslim, no, he could. And then he could make it up. My grandmother said, you will not break your Ramadan. We will respect that. And we will have dinner when the sun goes down. And that's, that's exactly sweet. what we did. We had that's dinner nice. when the sun set. Nanny's a G. Love her. Yeah. My mom and grandmother, no, we ain't doing that. So that's, and then when pe- then you announce a month later after your wedding <laughs> that you've gotten married. Surprise! That's how you have a small wedding. Yo, it didn't. And then, then you just allow your mother, step 20, you allow your mother to deal with the fallout of why one wasn't at Nisha's wedding. And then COVID hit. Perfect. Perfect. COVID hit. (laughs) And then everybody was like, when are we going to meet him? No, 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 no. Oh, it's COVID. Oh, so perfect timing. And that was the 21 steps of how to have a small wedding. If you're from Nova Scotia. (laughs) Ladies, I have to tell you, I have learned so much on this episode, stuff that I'd love to apply. You know, I'd love to apply it. I'd love to apply going to the club and being a blocker. Mm -hmm. I'd love to apply being a hoe. I'd love to apply having a small wedding after being a hoe. I'd love to (laughs) apply calling an ambulance at my small wedding, because that is only a successful wedding. I mean, there's so much. There's so much material here. What do you mean? Being a cat mom? Being a labor Uh, partner for a cat? Let me also say that you save money on alcohol when the ambulance is called, because people stop drinking, and they have to go to the other room. So no one's drinking. Or you get married during Ramadan. There you go. True. And no one's drinking. There. No one. Well, I wasn't drinking. Neither was my husband. I can't say the rest for my family, but so that's it, folks. We want to hear your how to's, how to, how to listen to our podcast and not piss your pants laughing at us, Uh, how to wait for the next episode while you, you know, are at the edge of your seat and how to get in (laughs) touch with us via DMs, Instagram, website, and all those and how to comment and show us tremendous amount of love. We want to hear it all. So do you ladies know that our website allows for voicemails to be received? Oh, no. Ooh, I want to receive a voicemail. I'm getting flashbacks to the prison. <laughs> Calls from the FC correctional facility. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. That'll be wild. Some of, those, some of those won't be aired. Well, listen, that feature is not live yet on the website. But nevertheless, you should still go to the website, MessyTruthsPodcast.com, and check it out. And you there you will find all of our episodes, all previous episodes. Or if you prefer, you can go to your preferred streaming platform to listen to us. So. As long as you listen to us. Yes, Until exactly. Exactly. Tell your friends. And if you don't have friends, tell your 
family members. I don't know about that. Whatever. You never know who our listeners are. We don't want to be judgmental. No, I don't know. Somebody might recognize me and be like, I know her. That's okay. Well, I mean, it's not like your photos plastered all over the place, you know? No, it's not like you don't connect my Instagram, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's me. (laughs) All right, then. All right, folks. All right. Thank you for listening in to episode 27, and we will be back again with more Messy Truths. Peace. Peace, Peace, y'all.